Coming up, more of this program. Stand up with Pete Dominic, Indy, Sirius XM 104. All right. Welcome back to the conversation. Monday, we were in D.C. with our friends at Iraq, Afghanistan, Veterans of America, helping publicize the launch of their Storm the Hill initiative. They're advocating for their fellow veterans all this week. And uh, joining us now is a tireless advocate for veterans, a uh, former uh, member of the military himself. He's a U.S. congressman who represents Minnesota's first district. And when he was sworn into Congress, I believe in 2007, he became the highest ranking retired enlisted soldier ever to serve in Congress. We're very happy to have him joining us today. Congressman Tim Wolf of Minnesota. Congressman, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thank you, Pete. And uh, thank you for uh for assisting our friends at IAVA, that's a that's a great organization of uh, of true heroes, and I'm uh, I'm grateful for you uh, giving them a a platform to uh, to talk about important issues. Uh, absolutely, we're, we're we're we think it's uh, well, I think it's my responsibility. You have a microphone and an audience. Uh, uh, you you can do good things with it sometimes. Talk to me about that. your talk, talk to me about your service. Well, I uh, I uh, enlisted when I was 17. I, I think, like so many of us, it's just uh, kind of the thing you did in your family. And uh, I served 24 years uh, and uh, retired out of the Minnesota National Guard uh, in 2005 uh, to run for Congress and uh, had the had the honor of uh, of being a, an E9, which is a, a command sergeant major. And uh, I, when I got here to the House, uh, the House historian told me that had that had never happened before, and so I had a group of veterans say, "Well, it's about darn time." And mm -hmm. uh, the idea is, is that that position of uh, sergeant major, uh, your main uh, purpose in life is to care for the soldiers. And so I, uh, I certainly didn't see that as a, as necessarily an honor, as more so as a uh, a, a call to uh, a call mm -hmm. to action going forward, especially with what we've seen uh, since the the ten year anniversary this week of of, of Iraq and, and what's happened with all these soldiers coming home. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. We're going to spend um, most of the time talking about these issues that these guys, men and women, are dealing with right now, our vets. But um, on the on the 10 year anniversary of Iraq, uh, our my first guest today, Congressman, was an Iraqi American. He was born and and spent most of his life in in Baghdad. Was there uh, during the invasion and after. Yeah. Uh, my second guest was Colonel Lawrence Wilkerson, who was Colin Powell's yes. former chief of staff. Um, you're my third guest. I'm asking you about the war in, in Iraq. Um, when you look back at all of the, the loss of life and the uh, the obviously the trillions of dollars that are spent, the trillions more that we'll need to spend to take care of our vets because that's our responsibility, uh, where were you on the war? Where did you stand on the invasion of Iraq in uh, in the run up to it in 2003? Well, I think like many Americans early on, especially with the the Niger connection on the yellow cake and things like that, that I begrudgingly said if that was the case. But I think very quickly I came to Congress. Uh, speaking out against this uh, mantra that that if you spoke against the decisions that were made by uh, you know by the commander-in-chief and by civilians uh, you were somehow unpatriotic I, I have always rejected that civilians run the military and and the public has a right and, and I would say as you said Peter responsibility uh, to question the mission every time because our warriors will do exactly what's asked of them and they will do it better than anybody else in the world and they will do good wherever we send them but uh, I was deeply concerned very early on, and of course, uh, would would certainly think I, uh, you know, part of why I got to Congress was I was speaking with, you know, with some credibility I think on it, but also expressing what many of my fellow citizens were saying, 
uh, how did we end up there, what's the end state. And I think for many of us, I can still remember clearly when, when the vice president at the time said that war would be weeks, not months. And, uh, and my friend and now VA Secretary General Shinseki said, no, that's not the case. And, and for that, he was uh, removed. And so, um, but I also now understand that once we were there, we need to do everything possible to equip them and give them a winnable mission. And then uh, equally as importantly, we have a responsibility, a moral responsibility as a nation to care for these warriors. What do you think about the architects of the Iraq War? Uh, Bush, Cheney, Wolfowitz, Rumsfeld, and everybody else. None of them has really ever had to uh, face uh, even tough questioning because yeah. they don't make themselves available to the types of media that would, uh, would generally do that. It's a new documentary about Dick Cheney, which is pretty enlightening. Uh, do you think that uh, that they should be held responsible for uh, what they told us, uh, what they believe, what they what they sold us? Some people uh, uh, call them liars, and lots of people uh, think that they're war criminals. I read a, a letter to Bush and Cheney written by an, uh, an American veteran who served in Iraq, signed up after 9-11 to uh, serve in Afghanistan, where he thought the war should be. He was sent to Iraq. He's a uh, congressman. I don't know if you heard about this. It's big news yesterday everywhere in the on the yeah. uh, on the web, this guy's uh, in hospice hospice care. He's paralyzed. He's paralyzed it. when he was yeah. shot. It's powerful. It's powerful. Well, I have you did read it. I uh, when I got here, and, and and I I think I regret this. You know, my my take was is that we needed to move. We needed to heal, and and, and I was not uh, I was not big on that. I think it was a mistake. I, I think when you don't have an accountability, when you don't have uh, you know a, a national soul searching on these things, um, not only is it does it not do justice for the folks like this this warrior that you were speaking of yesterday? I think it, it sets a horrible precedence that could happen again. When I hear the drums beating on Syria, um, it, it's an echo of that 10 years ago. And, and I think what I hope has changed, and I think it's important for us, is I think there needs to be historical accounting. And, and I, I, as I said, I came here absolutely convinced that, that these folks had the wrong information. I, I certainly can't see into their hearts and know exactly why they did that. Um, but as Colin Powell and others close to this have said, it, it, it was clearly botched in a debacle. Um, and there are real consequences uh, for that, uh, you know, both not, not just the geopolitical consequences, but the human consequences like this young man and so many others that, uh, you know, I've stood on those back of those ramps when those coffins come out. And, and if you sit in this job and that doesn't affect you, uh, something is seriously wrong. So I, I do think there needs to be a national accounting um, because it hasn't been done yet, and, and what's to stop it from happening again? We're talking right now to a congressman uh, from Minnesota. Tim Wolf is joining us. He's a Democrat uh, and a, uh, a Marine veteran, right? Uh, Army. Field Army artillery. Veteran, I apologize. Yeah. Not that that would be. The Marines were probably the ones that were insulted there. So. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> 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 um, last question about the Iraq war, and I want to talk about these issues that our vets are facing right now. Um, you know, I talked to that Iraqi American earlier, and uh, when I think about uh, the mistakes that I've made in my life, uh, personally or, or publicly, I often think about the apology that I've also made uh, to help me, you know, move on, to help yeah. maybe uh, give more uh, credence to my own reputation. This guy, uh, whose name is Rad Gerar. Uh, he thinks that America, from an American point of view, as an American taxpayer, he thinks America should apologize for the war in Iraq and should and, and should compensate uh, the the uh, the people of Iraq for that war. Um, I agree. I think it's a no-brainer. Uh, as a congressman, if you say that you think we should apologize, you might get in trouble. 
That's probably going to get kicked, picked up on the blogs. But in your heart of hearts, Congressman, should, should we not apologize to just help repair our reputation? Because the rest of the world really does see us, as Colonel Wilkerson said, as an empire. Yeah, no, I, I, what I would say, Pete, is I, I certainly think, and I'm, I'm a big believer, and you know, you see this in South Africa, and you've seen it in other places where you have national reconciliation, where there is, there's more value than just a, you know, uh, an I'm sorry type of thing. It, it, uh, it's a recognition of what happened and what went wrong. And as I said, is, is that um, of the tragedies we saw it yesterday, the, the, the folks exploding the, the, the IEDs again, um, we put our young folks from southern Minnesota, from Mankato, Minnesota, some who didn't come home, um, in a position to, to do what, what they were asked to do and to try and do what's right. And as I've said, is whenever you put them there, uh, they will do a vast amount of good. And, and while we invested treasure and blood and reputation in Iraq, uh, I do certainly think there needs to be an accountability of how we ended up there in the first place. What are and, and this is the one that challenges me, Pete. That, that once I got here, I feel a sense of responsibility after we leave. And I know with with Afghanistan, it's the same way. But what haunts me is too is 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 what happens to to those Iraqi schoolgirls uh, or Afghani schoolgirls after we leave. So um, I I think it goes beyond. You know, just saying, and, and I'm sorry on this, it's an understanding of how did we get to this point and what do we do collectively to, to make sure it doesn't happen again. Because I, I'm just, uh, yesterday seemed just, it was just a terrifying cross of history that yeah. we had the 10-year anniversary, people talking about it, and we had United States senators talking about committing troops to Syria, um, which I do think is a horrific situation, which is another place that should try our conscience. But, you know, this this headlong rush, uh, to, to send uh, to send our our daughters and sons to combat uh, needs to have a lot of thought. And you remember how we, if you questioned this in 2002, you were unpatriotic. You know, oh yeah, everybody States remembers. States. You know the, the most the most uh, public uh, uh, you know haranguing of the oh, uh, yes. the Dixie Chicks, these singers, these girl, these women. You yes, know I mean? it's, yes, it they, was a public shaming, and yeah. uh, you know I. I pounded on it uh and when i was uh running for congress and starting in 2005 at the heart of all this um you know the the, the attacks you know, were that you know not committed not patriotic you know you got to stand with the troops how dare you question the generals um and my point was is how dare you not question the generals how exactly. dare you not if we're going to send them there every single day you better think about this and and you and i both know pete the the, the problem with this is is that I know people care deeply, and I know they want you know this issue of caring for our veterans and getting the right types of legislation, and the you know making sure there's not a backlog on their claims. Every one of my constituents wants to get that right, but in their daily life, it doesn't impact them that much. Exactly. It, you know, they go on and they're busy people and they're working, and they don't have anybody in the military, and then uh, that and, causes and, a problem. And just to remind people, they just joined us. Uh, our guest is Congressman Tim Walton, and he is uh, uh, a 24-year career as a command sergeant major in the, uh, in the National Guard where you were first enlisted uh, and as part of the Operation Enduring Freedom, uh, and he is the highest-ranking uh, enlisted member ever to serve in Congress, so that those words are coming from him. Um, I don't want to lecture you on what's uh, wrong with our veterans. You're a, an outspoken advocate for our veterans, so you tell us, yeah. from the VA backlog to suicide, what's wrong, and sir, what are you doing? In a moment, we'll be joined by one of these veterans what what what's wrong and what are you doing as a congressman to fix it? Yeah, well, first of all, it is it's uh, it, it, it is a national tragedy. It it is a it is a stain on the national soul, if you will, that we would not care for these. What I can say, Pete, is is that 
the health care at the VA hospital. I represent uh, Rochester, Minnesota as the Mayo Clinic also, and, and my folks at the Mayo Clinic will tell you that uh, the finest health care in the world can be found at the Minneapolis VA. And uh, so we are finally starting to get that part right, but, but the, the outrageous, you know, it's almost a cliche again that the warrior comes home and then they have to fight their own government for care, uh, whether it's Agent Orange or Gulf War Syndrome or now the backlog on claims from IED and post-traumatic stress and, you know, dealing with mental health issues. Um, the commitment, especially from the Secretary of the VA, uh, Secretary Shinseki, is, is unwavering. But as I think you'll hear from, from your guest and anybody you talk to, is results are the only thing that matter. And, and i got to be honest with you, Pete. This all started when that comment was made that this would be weeks, not months. There was no preparation. We had a budget shortfall, if you recall, in 2004 and 2005 with the VA. So the solution was just to drop off a category of veterans. Gee, look at that, the balanced budget at the VA. Because we denied access for tens of thousands. And, and I think being unprepared, being unwilling, and I've been an advocate of, of whether it's you know mental health parity or other things. I think the real the real key and something I've been fighting for for decades is the disconnect between the Department of Defense, the war fighter, and the VA, the the, the warriors, uh, you know, healer and keeper. Uh, as long as those two have separate budgets and separate missions, they will continue to fight over who's going to care. Uh, we have a uh, we don't have a seamless transition at this point in time. They drop out of the system when they get out of the military, and I'm telling you, these things spiral very quickly. If you're unemployed, if you have untreated mental health care issues, if you're having reintegration problems or whatever, it doesn't take long from having a top-notch warrior who's decorated for their heroism towards this country to all of a sudden finding themselves in trouble with the law. Or, yeah. or finding themselves yeah. in, a, in a real negative situation. And, and we and, look away too often from those stories. Let me, let me bring into the conversation right now, Congressman, a, a decorated Marine Iraq veteran who joined the Marine Corps directly out of high school. He was actually still in boot camp, apparently, on September 11th. He was injured in a firefight, received the Purple Heart and the Navy Commendation Medal for Valor Under Fire. He's now an education case manager at IAVA, uh, and uh, I met him just a couple days ago. We're, uh, we're now joined by Ryan Weimer. Ryan, say hello to Congressman Tim Waltz. Good morning, Congressman Waltz, and thanks, Pete, for having me. And thanks, Congressman Waltz, for your service, and thanks for the support that, uh, that you give to our veterans. Well, Ryan, it's, a, uh, it's an honor to be on with you, and I know uh, make sure you tell my friend uh, Paul Riker how much good he does, and we appreciate having you guys storm in the hill. It's, uh, you're, the, you're the face of America's conscience on this, and, and we have to get it right. It's as simple as that. Morally, we have to get it right, and for future generations of warriors, we have to keep the faith to show them that this nation cares. So thanks, Ryan. Ryan, you just heard the congressman uh, talking about these issues. Uh, what your, your response, your, your, uh, what you heard from the congressman, what would you like to add or say? Sure, absolutely. I'm, I'm appalled to find that uh, you know, we're getting denied the care that we need when we come back home. Uh, again, I came back in 2005, um, and it took me a long time to get access to the health care and the mental health care that I needed and, and that my family needed. And I come here today to storm the hill only to find out that the backlog has gotten even worse. Like we, you know, like we forgot that the wars were going to wind down and that, that veterans were going to be coming home. And it's, it's just an atrocity to find that 900,000 veterans are still waiting uh, on claims at this point. You know, 70 percent are, are backlogged right now. And, and we need some, some real change right now. Ryan, you saw we all saw Clay Hunt on 60 Minutes. Uh, he, he stormed the hill. He was a member of IAVA. Uh, he killed himself. He took his own life. I think there's no question that a lot of these suicides, Congressman, uh, have to do with with uh, with people just being in too much pain and not getting their claim, not getting their meds, 
Um, Ryan, how much of an issue do you think that is? Do you know anybody that's killed themselves? Absolutely, I do. I mean, and I think it's a huge issue. I mean, 22 veterans a day we're finding commit suicide, and, and many of those veterans that, that are waiting in the backlog just give up. I mean, I almost gave up at one point in time, and, and fortunately for me, my benefits came through. But, you know, we know that uh, about 20,000, I believe, 20,000 veterans uh, have died waiting on their benefits, and it's just an atrocity. Well, let me ask you this, Congressman. Have you have you signed this petition that IAVA has put out? Do you think there should be a presidential commission uh, created by President Obama? These guys at IAVA yeah. are delivering this uh, later this this week to the White House. No, um, I do. I do. I, I think it's, uh, you know, we have certainly, and, and this is a, it, and Ryan's right on all points, There there is no defending this. It's morally uh, reprehensible. Uh, it's incredibly frustrating to me, um, you know, the things we will fund and the, the, the nonsense and idiocy we'll talk about today. Uh, we could do this now. We could pass it now. We we could hire more, but we're not. We're laying these folks off. They're going to be sequestered. We're going to have civilians that are there and helping on this. So we're going to we're going to exacerbate it. And and as I said again, the public, there's not a single person in my district when I ask them, do you want me to fully fund and care for our warriors? They all say yes. The problem is is that that means going to make a commitment in doing it. So I'm supportive of what uh, what Ryan's doing and and what IAVA is doing because. Uh, truly, no matter how frustrated you get with Congress, uh, the will of the public eventually wins out. And on this one, the moral argument is on our side, uh, the ethical argument. And, and, and to be honest with you, these are our best and brightest. As, as what Ryan's saying is getting them back, getting them working, and getting them readjusted to civilian life is not only the right thing to do, it just makes sense economically. We're going to save money. We're going to have great employees. And, and we can move forward. So I'm fully supportive of them doing that. They, uh, they've got to break this. And I would just say, if I could, be that, that I think we've got one of the best people in the country, if not the best, in Secretary Shinseki. But I will say this, it still hasn't gotten better, which tells me this is a systemic problem that is far greater. And if, if doing the commission uh, is the way to go in our, you know, Ryan and his folks over at IAVA agree, I, I'm with them then. Whatever it takes, I'm willing to try. Thank you, Congressman Ryan. Uh, last word. I just got a few seconds. Um, uh, what are you? Who are you meeting with today? What are you doing today? Um, I know we're meeting with. Uh, I actually haven't gotten a chance to look at our list today. We met with, uh, I believe, over 50 congressmen and senators yesterday. Awesome. Uh, we'll probably meet with over 50 more today. Uh, we met with the Department of Veterans Affairs yesterday to talk about the issues, and and I think we're taking the petition to the White House today. So. You know, we, we're right. really hoping to affect some change. I got to go. Uh, Ryan Weimer, thank you so much. Both of you, thank you for your service. Congressman, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, All Pete. right, guys, thanks, we'll talk soon. IAVA.org. Sign the petition, everybody.